Jan Leszewski, welcome to Sunday Night at the TSO. It's a pleasure. Great to be here. Now, your upcoming appearance with the TSO resumes what has already been a long and strong relationship with the orchestra since your debut with them 10 years ago. You performed, I understand, 28 concerts with the TSO, but I'd, <laughs> I'd love for you to take us back to your first concerts back in 2012 with the TSO. What did those first performances mean to your 16-year-old self? Well, I remember uh, working, I think the first concerts were with Peter Rundgren, and, and I believe that we played not only in the Roy Thompson Hall, but also in Yorkville. And, and I remember we were rehearsing Mozart's uh, concerto. I think it was number 22. I had a great time from the very beginning with the TSO. And ever since, we've had so many amazing experiences from a big tour of Florida in January, a dream come true, a great uh, tour in Europe uh, where we played at some amazing halls, including in Prague in the Rudolfinum. Uh, absolutely beautiful memories and uh, so many moments with the TSO. So I'm, I'm truly looking forward to adding with a very different, actually, sphere of repertoire than I played with them so far. Prokofiev's Second Piano Concerto, Prokofiev being uh, something that's rather new to me in my repertoire. And I'm looking forward to exploring that with Gustavo Jimeno on stage in oh. Roy Thompson Hall. We'll talk about the Prokofiev in a moment, but I, I wanted to just, you know, point out the obvious. There's been a while since the TSO has been able to host you owing to the pandemic, uh, during which I remember you sent out a warm video greeting to its audience. Uh, aside from taking some time for that, though, how did you spend those lockdown days? I have the very privileged situation of having concerts in many countries across the world, and, and because Every country reacted quite differently to the pandemic and continues to do so. Uh, there have always been some concerts in my calendar. And in fact, since June of 2021, I haven't had a single concert canceled due to the pandemic. And it's been my full schedule. So I've been very, very fortunate. And I've enjoyed experiencing the highs and lows and, and mainly the highs, of course, of seeing audiences back in the concert hall numerous times during the pandemic. It's been this elation that you find from an audience finally being able to experience music in the hall and being there in person. It's always the same and it's always exciting, both for them and for me. Yeah, I completely understand that. Now, we are excited to have you back in person at Roy Thompson Hall. And as you mentioned, this time you're going to be playing something completely different from what you have with the TSO, with Prokofiev's Second Piano Concerto, an amazing work, which he wrote when he was just 21, so younger than you um, at the time, but so difficult that Prokofiev himself was concerned that he might not have it in his fingers in time for the premiere in 1913. Is this still such an intimidating work or has it tempered over time at all? Well, it's a bit challenging to say because, firstly, it has to be said that the Prokofiev Concerto Number no. Two that we're playing today is rather different than the one that he premiered in 1913 because he rewrote re it ten years later. It was lost in the fire, and and basically, it's a new new work. So while it it does still have the number four, but uh, it, it's the fourth in his writing, and it's probably the most developed and and the most extreme in his ideas. Um, it, it's a wonderful work. It is incredibly technically challenging. There are countless pianists who can face it today and the quality of technical workmanship on the instrument has increased incredibly uh, in the past century I would say so it, it hasn't become any uh, less difficult but it certainly has become more attainable for more pianists. Now as compared with the popular romantic era works like the Chopin, Tchaikovsky, Grieg, this work has quite a different voice and to my mind really brings the piano concerto into the 20th century. Do you agree with that statement and if so can you describe for us how that is? 
it's hard to say in the 20th century that there are so many branches of musical writing. So we no longer have a very easy path to follow. Uh, but Prokofiev's language certainly is different. Uh, he does explore different concepts. Uh, of course, the format being four movements uh, differs immensely from our traditional three movements that we're very, very accustomed to in, in all the classical romantic repertoire. And there's also the handling of the piano and the orchestra. On the one hand, the piano has this immense part that is at the forefront for much of the concerto, but in certain moments, it also becomes part of the symphonic structure. And, and you feel that very much as a soloist on stage and, and you look for that collaboration with the orchestra, especially for instance, in the second movement, uh, which is uh, an endless stream of 16th notes on the one hand, you're dealing with this challenging and very virtuosic moment, but at the same time, it's basically passage work and doesn't have very much melodic content. So that juxtaposition, that balance is something that, that is very different. And, and certainly it stands uh, on its own in the concerto repertoire. So this is, as you mentioned, is a brand new concerto for you or fairly new. And I'm wondering what it is that you're enjoying in the newness for you with this one, as opposed to more familiar repertoire. I think the most rewarding aspect has been actually playing it and getting to the point that you understand the music because unlike works of many other composers that I'm very close to, this firstly was a very different musical language and secondly, it's not a piece that lends itself to sight reading, to understanding it upon the first sighting of the music. It's more of a deciphering. And once you get to the point that you understand what's going on in the music, where the phrases go, what the musical lines are, and the interplay actually, the first time you play with an orchestra, the interplay between the solo part and the orchestral part, that really opens up your ears and that has been the most enjoyable aspect of this experience. Given that it is so layered and it takes time to digest, what are you hoping for audiences to receive on a first hearing? I am, will be the first to say that I think this concerto is going to be quite an experience for somebody who hears it the first time. Uh, I think it, it does better on a second listening. As with, I guess, most music. I mean, when we look at the premieres of most great uh, works, the first performance was very often quite a disaster when people didn't understand what was going on and only later did it become appreciated for what it was so there is precedence in in saying this but i'm hoping that the audience members hear this uh, very serious but light-hearted character there there are two different aspects and and one is this lightness this almost jumpiness of the music and on the other hand there are these spectacular melodies and grandiose ideas and I think the first movement is a great introduction because we have a, a rather short time in the first movement where the piano plays with the orchestra and we have a massive cadenza. Uh, cadenza usually is simply supposed to be something that shows once again what has already taken place in the concerto, but here it's, it's immense. And it is very virtuosic, but it also has spectacular musical moments. And, and I think, in this Prokofiev concerto, we certainly hear a lot of musical aspects. Uh, it's not only a virtuoso showpiece, and I'm hoping that's the takeaway for the audiences that come to the concerts in Toronto. Well, we really look forward to having you back on the stage at Roy Thompson Hall. Thank you so much for joining me. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much.